0: To another episode of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the dungeon master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing god, killing characters, and lowering the egos of people at the table. I'm Dungeon Master Mitch,
1: and I'm Dungeon Master Chris,
0: and just we want to welcome you back today. We're going to be talking about problem players, um, how to deal with them when they're in your groups, uh, just some ideas. We'll share some stories. It'll be a great time. But first, uh, we want to give a shout-out to some of our listeners and to some of our reviews that we've gotten uh, on iTunes. So, uh, first, shout-out to Gotta Get By. Gotta Get By said, um, he gave us five stars. You're awesome, Gotta Get By. Um, And he said, learning to DM now, this really helps. Yeah, thanks for that. Awesome. That's yeah. what
1: we're trying to do. <laughs> that's why <laughs> that's, we did it. That's why we're here. Gotta get by. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and listening. then the uh, the second one is from Sir Sivart, uh, and he writes, or she uh, writes, I would imagine it's a he, writes this Lady is, Sivart. Yeah, lady. Lady Sivart. Ooh, lady. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, <laughs> this is what we have been needing, uh, and I hope you can come back and do more. If you need some suggestions, I would love to give some or help in any way that I can. We would love suggestions of things to talk about. Uh, We actually have an email now. It's dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. I'll put it in the info of the podcast this week. But we would love to hear some suggestions, maybe some stories that you have. uh, Anything that you find of interest that you'd want to send our way, please do. Uh, We would love to be able to help you out in those ways. So...
0: Yeah, let us know. Like If you... Storytime does not have to be just me and Chris talking about our campaigns. We'd love to hear what you guys have—the stories, the interesting stories that you guys have of playing D anD. d Send us, send us a uh, a clip with just you talking. Tell us a little bit about your story. Try not to make it thirty minutes, but you know, like we'd love to, you know, we'd love to put it up and uh, have other people hear yeah. about your story time. Yeah. So That'd be sweet.
1: So. Cool, and I think with What's that... What's that email again? Uh, dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. I'll right. put it any in info of the, of the podcast this week, and you'll be able to send us an email with anything that you find of interest. So, I think it's time for story time, right? Story time. Right, Let's story go time. Ahead. Let's do
0: it. Story time. The time during the episode where we talk about what happened last week during our campaigns, our favorite moments, what we learned about ourselves, and what we learned about each other. Please join us now as we enjoy
1: story time. All right, story time. Here we go. Uh, Mitch, you want to start us off this week with what happened in your campaign last time?
0: Yeah, I think that we've played twice in my campaign since we last talked, and a yep. lot has happened. Um, it's been really, really fun. We've uh, we've we've traveled. Far um, in our country. In fact, one of the times it was pretty much just traveling. Your country is a
1: lot bigger than what I thought uh, it was.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to make it more real world yeah, yeah. So And so when you guys go, are we going to walk or are we going to take a carriage? I usually go, you guys probably want to take a carriage. Take <laughs> like, you half as much time to get there. <laughs> but now you guys all have uh, your own rides, so that would be cool. Um, but yeah, so we... um Yeah, we do. Of, one of the sweet things that we started and that I'm really excited about is we're, we're playing this kind of sandbox campaign, um, which is, if you have DM before a sandbox campaign, uh, it's difficult, because you don't really know where your players are going to go, what choices they make, because that's the, that's the idea of the sandbox. It's like you give them the option to do what they want to do and go where they want to It's like the choose-your-own-adventure
1: books back in the yeah, day. Yeah,
0: and so you have to be like quick on like figuring out what's going to happen next. Like, in any campaign, even the most story planned out campaign, you should, like, you've got to be quick to, like, um, figure out what happens when your characters, when your players do things with their characters that you aren't expecting. Because it'll happen every single time. You'll never be able to plan out um, exactly what your players will do. They'll always surprise you. Um, But one of the things that uh, you guys, your characters came across was you came across, you're killing these orcs in these orc camps, and you came across this... You had to run from the orcs, and you came across this weird little cave. Um, and you went inside, and you turn around inside this small little cave, and you see this shrine, and it's this this basin like in like carved into the wall, and around this basin is all these little statues. I think there's
1: fifteen, 15 I of think. them, yeah.
0: Um, and there's these little statues of um, these creatures, and what you figure out is all of these creatures are gods. Um, and there's all this writing on the wall and each, each, uh, sentence is like a different language. So you had to like hire a wizard to come and like, you know, figure out what every single sentence wrote. But basically what you figured out is each one of the gods, um, is asking for something to be put into this, into this basin to be, um, offered to them. And the basin starts filling up with water. No, it's on their hands. hands. Yeah, you put it in their hands because they're all reaching their hands out and you burn it, and whatever it is, like, the, fills up the basin with a little bit of water, and you can see this, you can see kind of this object built, like, yep. in the bottom of this basin, but you can't pull it out. Hopefully, when this thing is full, like, you've done all the quests, you can pull out whatever this I object is. I hope so. <laughs> I know, so, yeah. <laughs> and you figure it out behind this basin, there's a secret door. Um, but, so, I'm super excited because each one of these gods has, like, is asking for something, and it's kind of, in a way helped me in a sandbox world give you guys a yeah. specific quest that you guys are really excited about I'm excited about because I know what's going to happen yeah. once that door it gives, opens it gives you
1: something a little bit more pointed as far as what you can plan yeah. for but some of them are like some of them are like
0: super like we I know what that is like uh, the Pelor statue like it said part of the poem says for Pellor, some sun cider from the statue of the Sun Lord, which
1: we've been there. We which, know exactly yeah, what we have to do. There's a big yeah.
0: statue. Um, it's kind of like a Statue of Liberty esque yeah. building. Yep. You can go in, go up to the top of his spear. Like um, it's it's very much like that. But it's a big like in the bottom. There's a temple. And so you guys were there before you found this this shrine, and you already had drank some of the sun cider. Yep. Um, and you're like, oh, we know where to go. We can get that. Yep. We can offer that up to the gods. Like that's sweet. But then there's other ones that are a little bit more vague. Like it says for Cuthbert, for Cuthbert, wisdom. That's what you have to give. And all you guys are like, what does <laughs> I, that mean? Uh, I don't know. What yeah. does that mean? For Cord, a trophy of triumph. Like, and so there. Some of them are really like.
1: Well, we tried that one. You we tried, tried to burn one. an orc. Yeah, and that didn't <laughs> all work. the different parts of an orc.
0: <laughs> but like, so some of them you you figured out already. You gave the Bokob one a power for scroll. Share uh, Arye, a chunk of your main share Arye, By the way, is a god that I've
1: created. So you. Probably won't
0: recognize it. Um, and I then, figured as much. And then Yondala, you
1: gave a. Uh, I gave a my poem comfort from home. I gave which, my poem that I've held on to yeah. for like ten years. And so now. the basin's
0: kind of risen up a little. You can see this gold, like some kind of object in the bottom of it. Um, some kind of weird magic going yep. on, but it's sweet because it's it's set you guys on this campaign, this this these quests, and that's pretty much what now. Even in the sandbox world, you guys are very focused on let's. Let's get all these objects. Yep. Let's let's get these objects so we can fill up this basin, get this get the, whatever this item is, open this door, hopefully, and find out what's behind this door. And but I'm so excited. That
1: this. hasn't stopped us from still doing sandboxy type things now, no, has it? Not not at
0: all. <laughs> that was the next thing I wanted like you, your character specifically, <laughs> crew yeah, or did. the the halfling, decides we went into a town and um, somehow we had a lot of fun spending Three or four hours in town yeah. just shopping. Well, there was an it exotic was there was an exotic town. animal shop yeah, that was, we went to. Well, you guys wanted to get... Basically, what, what you decided was, we're going to travel to the far
1: east. Which carriages don't go to.
0: Which carriages can't go to because there's no roads out there. And so I kind of hinted at, one thing you might want to do is get your own horses and stuff. And I so, didn't get a horse. Yeah. I got something way well, cooler. And, and, so, and you're a halfling, yeah. so you're not going <laughs> to ride a horse. But... So you guys, you guys go to this, you're like, all right, we need to go get horses. DM's right. Thanks for the hint, DM. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't want to travel three times as long. We yeah. want to, like, travel quickly because it's still going to take a long time. This country's huge. Um, but so you went to this town, you bought, you went to this exotic animal emporium, and you bought uh, mounts. Uh, the, uh, one of the druid in the group, he got a horse. Yep. He got a big heavy war horse, got barding for it and everything. You got. I got
1: a Saint Bernard Saint riding Bernard, dog yep, with barding yeah. and
0: like, and yeah. So you got a, yeah. uh, and then our
1: our lapid friend, our rabbit friend, our that's rabbit us.
0: folk friend got a an otter, a a, la- a medium size, so huge, yeah. To, for, yeah, for real otters. an otter. And so the otter is not combat trained, so it whenever is not, you run he hilarious. Battles, he just runs away.
1: <laughs> he's but like, he's like, he's, he's like, like I'm a, he's Brazilian. like, I'm an archer. He's like, should I just let him do his thing? And then I <laughs> so just still shoot. The <laughs> otter is
0: running away from people, and he's turned behind, and he's like trying to shoot, like as he's trying to run away. But yeah. it's, it's it's great, it's fun. So you yeah. guys had a lot of fun with that. But your character decided, well, why don't you explain? What yeah. You so,
1: so I was thinking, I was like, man, I like. I've been watching Sons of Anarchy, and like there's all this <laughs> stuff, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, man, that'd be so cool to start a riding club in <laughs> South Far with these mounts, and so what I did is I asked the guy at the, the exotic animal emporium or whatever, I was like, hey, is there like a leather worker around here? And he's like, yeah, there's one right next door, and so I went and saw whatever the guy's name was at I forget what his name was, Uh, Like Taylor's Taylor's Tanning Booth or something like that, it was (laughs) something super cheesy, Uh, and uh, I went up to him and I said, hey, can you make me a leather vest that says Riders of Shemesh on it with a picture of my mount on there? He goes, yeah, I can do that. And then I got the two other characters that are with us right now. I got them to do it. Leather I got jackets, yeah leather jackets, leather vests that we have our <laughs> that we have images of our animals we and riders an of Shemesh, like yeah. smiling,
0: like yep. goofy on it. And so I was
1: like, man, we should totally, we should get this thing to take off. Like, just be known throughout <laughs> all of Shemesh as the Riders of Shemesh. And so we started recruiting a couple of people. I, I started paying a guy. He, He's an awful, awful recruiter.
0: Oh, you you went to the stables, yeah, and you got a stable boy, yeah, and basically you rolled the diplomacy check and you got like a nat twenty, yeah. and you just convinced this yeah. dude like that he needed to join up. And, and I'm so a halfling almost, with like a nine. so like, like quit that. his job to like yeah. follow. You. Yeah, he
1: was ready to quit. He's like, oh, I'm gonna go, and I was like, No, don't quit your and job. you like excited because
0: like, you're like, Oh, this guy's gonna help me start this this group, and like you're like, Oh like, his name is Benjamin, you're like, Benjamin, go find your buddies, like, and Benjamin's like, I don't have any friends, you guys are my only friends. (laughs) I was just like,
1: oh, crap. Uh. And he doesn't have a horse, and and so I bought him a horse, and like a vest, and stuff like that, and so, um... And then we met a couple of people, Larry, Jerry, and Terry, who were three humans they that rode the same horse.
0: One horse. Yeah, they rode the <laughs> same really horse. They're really skinny. They yeah. all ride
1: one horse. <laughs> and so now I bought them all a horse, and then we got Yarp and Darp are the other yep. two, two guys. Two, like, they're going to be our bouncers. Guys. They're yeah, going to be our bouncers, bouncers of the group. Yep. Uh, but so I'm excited to see, like, because we left, and I put them in charge of, like, finding a guild house for us, and, like, something we can pay for, and... Um,
0: and although I will not tell you what has happened, even if uh, I know, really no. want to, so i told you, for you once song. you return, something has happened, and I'm really excited, especially for the podcast, to say, this happened, because it's it's going to be really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and know I, exactly what's going to go down. I'm sitting here
1: thinking, so. like, man, they freaking took over the whole city, and it's just going <laughs> to be, like, and my character's not evil, and he's not, like, he's just, oh. I want to know what happens. That's not
0: what happened. I, I hope.
1: <laughs> they're just like bullies Dark, within Dark the city. Dark
0: would not be able to take over the <laughs> no, city. No, <they're>, they <laughs> wouldn't be. But, no. uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of what happened in my campaign. Really good times. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, what about your campaign?
1: Yeah, so we, we did one, um, and I've had to slow down doing DMing a little bit from my end because I've started grad school, and I don't have as much time to DM every other week like we've been doing. Um, so I've only done one since then, but we had a lot of fun that night. Uh, we got, let's see, last time we had to escape, everybody had to escape from their homeland, because they were being chased by the, the dragons that have taken over some of the cities, um, and they had to flee the country to the country next door, they got on a boat, got to this port city, uh, and had no idea what the heck they were supposed to do when they got there. Yep. And you guys heard that there were some octopus that had been attacking ships, like, Taking over ships, sinking ships sometimes, like just massive hordes of octopus that were swimming up to ships. And so you guys went to the main uh, shipyard master and was like, hey, what can we, can, we, can we help you out with this? Will you pay us for it? Uh, and you guys said, he said, when you come back with the head of whatever is creating this, the, the big octopus or whatever it is that's doing it, uh, I'll pay you 5,000 gold for it because it's been hindering travel and, and trade and everything like that through this area. And so you guys realized there's there's a couple of islands that looked like it could have been one island at one point in time called the Shattered Islands, uh, and you guys decided to try and go out there and fix the problem, except for you didn't have a ship to get out there and <laughs> do that. So you had to try and recruit some people. Uh, you went to the... forget what the the bar was called. I think it was like the Salty Dog Bar or something like that. It was so, something, something uh, sailor-esque. Uh, and you guys went in and, and instantly... You were like, all right, we need to split the party. We need to find groups. So I was like, oh, crap. i got to come up with, like, three characters. Outside. I thought you were just going to go and, like, rent a ship or something like that and go over there. But you like, no, we gotta, we got uh, to go find some people. And so you guys split the party, and your character walk up to a guy, a dwarf, because uh, this is a pretty dwarven-heavy area. You walk up to a dwarf whose name was Dwaylin. You remember Dwaylin? You want to share a little bit about Dwaylin?
0: Uh, dwaylan was I. I did some amazing convincing. with Yeah, you, yeah, you did. It was perfect. Dwayne was the that salty dog sailor I was looking for? Looked pretty weathered. He was looked older. Weathered. Looked old. Looked like he knew. And what you he was rolled doing. really good diplomacy checks. I convinced <laughs> this guy that he would be the hero of the town if he helped us go defeat these. And he, and he was pumped. Was, he, he, was, was he was in. He was. He was, he was and jacked. then he told me that he didn't have a ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you
1: basically got to the end. And he's like, all right. And he's like, that it, was worth you got stuff. through this whole thing, and he's like so you got a ship? And you're just like, he's, he's like this senile old guy who's like, I've seen better days. And he's just like sitting in the corner and you were like, man, that guy looks good. I'm going to go talk to him. He's probably got a sweet ship and a crew and he's just like, he's like the reject of all of the sailors just yeah, sitting in the corner yeah. and he's like super pumped and he still like wanted to go and everything, but he just didn't have a ship. Uh, I didn't let him. Yeah. I was like, you don't need to die. Yeah. So you guys ran into two other people. Um, one was named Blannon. He was, he was kind of a, uh, a pansy dwarf. He, uh, he was a exotic animal trader, like, and he's sitting in a pub, in like really nice clothing, um, just waiting to basically ship out. And he said, "Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll send you there, but you got to give us a whole bunch of the money for for doing this, you know." Uh, and you guys were like, "Well, maybe we have a ship, but we would have to pay him a lot." And so then you guys found Amrin, uh, which is he's he's got a ship too, um, part of the Black Dwarves, I think, was their name, um, and you guys. Well, uh, no, it. it was the it was the Black Moon Marauders was oh, He name. wanted
0: a lot too, but we found a way but around it. But yeah, you that. found a way around
1: it, uh, and you guys decided to do a little betting with him. Uh, uh, we
0: killed more octopus than his whole entire crew, which yep, I mean... Yeah, he had nine, nine total, Yeah, nine and there was, was four of you. There four of us. We got the bigger, like way bigger share. Yeah, I think it
1: was like two-thirds of the share or yeah. something like that.
0: And we re- Yeah, and so that was our... And we're like, we could, we could beat these nine yep. dwarves. Like, yep. We're a little outnumbered.
1: We got this. Yep. <laughs> So you guys, but, and then uh, Blannon said that whatever ones you capture, he'll pay you like 30 gold for, or something like that, for each one that you would capture. We catch, right? I think they captured some. I don't <laughs> think you captured think any. Uh, no, because, you guys weren't especially in Especially with position.
0: the fact that we had money going for the yeah, killing. We yeah. didn't really care about yeah. capture. Yep. Yeah.
1: So you guys got, uh, you went through the whole ocean, you got to the Shattered Islands, and you looked, there was like a cave off to the side that was covered by a waterfall, and you're like, that. that's probably because you see octopus around it, coming in and out of it. And so you guys went in, and you started going through this this whole uh, this this cave, and and uh, you start walking into different rooms, and you're walking, and all of a sudden octopus start dropping on you from the ceiling because they're not walking all on the ground; they're they're walk, they're walking on the ceiling, and they surprise attack you from the top. Which um, gave me
0: an idea. Which gave you an
1: idea? If you want to explain a little um, bit about that,
0: I just saw, I've I've been carrying a couple pints of oil mm-hmm. because when I start off the game, I go, "What mundane items can come in handy?" And I love to, like, figure out, like, what, how I can use stupid little items to yep. make great situations. So I, this told was a great situation. the, I told the ranger in the group, all right, these octopus are dropping from the ceiling. Uh, here's, light your arrow on fire. I ran up, and I I held this, I, I was like, I knew octopus were coming. I had the ranger light his arrow. I ran so they would all fall on me. And as they were falling, I said, "Now!" And I threw up that I threw up that pint of oil.
1: Yep, got a good throw for, on
0: it. Waiting for it to get to the point where it was near the octopus. The ranger lets loose the arrow. He's a ranger; he's not going to miss. Well, he rolled the two, two. He rolled <laughs> um, so, so it goes flying across so the I room. Have, I have you have a torch. I have with a here. torch, and I'm like, okay, I think I'll survive this. I don't want ten octopuses yep. on me. I'll hit it as it comes down. It comes down, I'm like, how hard can it be? I, I, think, roll, I think
1: we said you had to get like a ten or yeah, something like I, that to hit it. I think it was like a five. I think it was a five. It may have been a five. I roll like, like that, a yeah.
0: two, and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like, and here's the thing, like, that night for me was the worst night ever. Yeah, you like, were not having I fun think with I rolled rolling. Probably like probably like fifty percent of my rolls were crit ones. Yeah, like, they were not good. I'm, at the all. Co- I'm the weirdo player that loves rolling crit ones, because I think Having a crit one and having something really bad happen is way funner than a you missed. Well, and we on. have a pretty fun way, way of doing crit ones better. and stuff like that, it's too. It's not fun when you have these amazing ideas yeah. and they don't work out yeah. it's the entire night. Yeah. Like, I just want to hit something every now and then. Well, and I was like, like, man,
1: that'd be sweet and to have like awful. this, you just see octopus because, I mean, they didn't have a ton of health on them. Yeah. Like, they're just gonna fall through this huge thing of fire and just get incinerated yeah. and, I,
0: and I'm we're level three. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna survive it. At least I'm gonna get knocked down and be like able to be healed. Yeah. It it may be like a silly thing, but like if I can kill all these octopus, sweet. Didn't work. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, yeah. Work. It didn't, work didn't work. It didn't work at all. It was yeah. awful. Yeah.
1: So you guys, you guys went through the rest of the the dungeon and got to the end, and there was just this huge room of like treasure that had been stolen from you know by the octopus. And there's this huge like kraken looking thing in the back, a giant octopus in the back of the room. Um, oh, it, he,
0: worked, it worked then.
1: Yeah, it worked then. Yeah, yeah. It took me
0: ten rounds. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So then, so then you guys got in, and you guys ended up killing everything. You have this big like, loot of treasure that was there, which I'm hoping that you try and find the owners of and not be jerks, but... Uh, but so so you guys did that, and you guys, I think, ended up winning by, like, five octopus or something like that. It wasn't very much.
0: We said the big octopus counted as ten, we were afraid yeah. the dwarves yeah. were going to kill it.
1: So there was, like, three dwarves around, and, like, all of you guys it's like, oh, we got to see who gets the last I have to hit. share,
0: finally, how it worked for me. I spider crawled, I ran up the ceiling, yeah. and I ran up to above the octopus, and I started lighting these things and throwing yeah, them down. Yeah, you <laughs> did, yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm yeah. gonna do something yeah. this round. Screw Sticking this if I can't hit with them, I'm just gonna throw, yeah. <laughs> but
1: yeah, so we... we you guys ended up top, killing... Which, was good. which I think your fire damage actually killed it because I'm pretty sure one of the dwarves... Oh my goodness, I like, did I think the dwarf ended up hitting it and it got to like two health pretty and then the burn dead. damage ended yeah. up killing it pretty the next true. round. Um, Which was pretty cool. I was yeah, pretty was happy true. for you that that happened because I was something just like, happened. man, like you were sitting there and you were just like... You were just so frustrated. You're like, <laughs>
0: I remember apologizing to you at the end of the game. I'm like, dude, I thought it was great. Sorry that I
1: was so grumpy, but yeah. Yeah. you saw my roles. Yeah. They were awful. Yeah, <laughs> yep. so that was that was what happened uh, for me. I mean, it was it was a ton of fun. That was uh, great. It was great. It was good, and I'm excited for you guys to get back to the the town and see how everybody, like, congratulates you and see if you actually did fix the problem or not. Yeah. We'll see. So. I think that's, unless you have anything else you no. want to share, I think that's it for, for story time. To the Me- meat? To the meat. Meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Yeah. Why can't
0: we have some meat? Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> 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 So for this week on the meet, um, as we said, we're going to be talking about problem players. Um, before we start talking about um, how to deal with problem players, what some strategies to avoid um, having that at the table, um, we wanted to kind of talk to talk about the different kinds of problem players. Yep. So we've we kind came of up separated. With four. Yeah, separate into four categories. Uh, disrespect a player that disrespects the DM a player that disrespects another player, um, a player that disrespects the entire group, and a player that disrespects the game. Um, So we're going to talk about what that means for each of those uh, to start off with, um, and then we will talk about some strategies and some rules that we kind of have concerning just moving away from having problem players at the table. So, disrespect for the DM. Since um, this is a
1: podcast about the DM, yes. we might as well start with gotta the DM. start
0: with disrespect for the DM. Of so um, one of the things that I think is the most important for players there there's this there's this really fine balance for players and the DM. Uh, there is this there needs I think there needs to be this understanding in players to understand that the DM is the leader. Yeah. They're in charge of the game. I think that's really important for players to understand. But then there's like and to quote to quote uh, a S- Spider-Man, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And I think that's I think there needs to be this understanding in the DM that you're in charge. You're the leader. And with that, you can't become this obnoxious, like I'm in charge, you listen to me kind of person because nobody's going to want to play with you. You'll never have players again. Yeah. Um.
1: Well, you part need to of part, respect
0: yeah. and look out for like all the players at the table.
1: Yeah, and that's something to evaluate when you come into realizing that there's people that disrespect you. Is it says, okay, there may be a reason that they they may not just yeah. be disrespectful because they are just disrespectful. It may be because. You either did something or possibly are doing something wrong that is incurring that disrespect. Um, so you may we're have to. Humans, yeah, yeah. We're all gonna
0: yeah. up, We're all going to make failures. It's yeah. hard, the DM. It really it is. is.
1: It is. And sometimes you get to the point when there's a lot going on, and I know I've done it before. I'm just like, shut up. We're not doing it right now. <laughs> and um, sometimes that's okay. Sometimes yeah.
0: you need to. That's part of what we're talking yeah. about here. Sometimes sometimes a player deserves to be told, shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you need to stop. Like, yeah. And yep. so, like we like we just said, like there there needs to the first thing that I think we need to talk about right now. We need to just establish is as a DM, although you're in charge of the game, you need you need to be a benevolent DM. Yeah. You need to realize that you are there, you're controlling the story. Like we say in our intro, you're kind of God in this fantasy made up world. Yeah. Like you're in charge of everything that happens. However, like if you're a jerk. If you just drop rocks on people and kill them, nobody's going to want to play with yeah. you. You yeah. will be a god in a fantasy world that nobody cares about. Yeah. <laughs> like you need to realize that while you're in charge, you're in charge, you're leading the other people at the table, for the table at the table. You're kind of there to get help them have a good time. Yeah. Like that's kind that's, of your responsibility. Yeah, that's that's
1: one of the main reasons that you're there. Yeah.
0: So, I mean that that being said, a player who disrespects the DM. Yeah. So this can take uh, many different forms. Um, one of the things is um, a player that disrespects the DM's role of being in charge with as far as rules go. Um, yeah. Now, we've already established in previous episodes, we strongly believe that the DM does not need to know all the rules. Right. If you're a DM that knows all the rules, that's great. I've never met one. Yeah. <laughs> like, because there's, especially, we're talking 3.5, there's a lot of rules. There's like, a like, lot. Of like, them. I can yeah. understand, like, like a 4 <laughs> <No>, But yeah. Yeah, we don't like 4 E. Like, but, but it's, it's difficult to know all the rules, and yeah. we've, many times DMing, there's been a player that's known a rule better than we have. Quite a few times it mm-hmm. yeah. happens, yeah. And that's okay. And there is an appropriate way to bring that up. Okay, yep. Hey, uh, I noticed you're doing it this way, do you know that this isn't the way? Let's talk about it quickly. But we usually go, if it takes longer than a couple minutes, we're like, we're just going to play like this right now, yeah. and we'll we talk can talk about, about it. it after or another time and figure out if we want to change it for the group's sake. Um, yep. But you, as the DM, are in charge of the rules, and your players need to understand that. Um, they need to be okay with that. Um, we, you know, rule Nazis can. They need to just. They need to be helpful instead of being a hindrance to right. the gameplay. Right. Like it can be to the point where it's like, all right, like you're you're ruining it because you're stopping every single time. And there's a little discrepancy. Yeah. Like one of the things we've said about DMing is in the first like in the first page of the DM like guide it says. Change any of these rules if it makes your game better. Yeah. Like and that's something that the players need to realize that you're in charge of and like as a group you should have discussions on rules, but in the game, when you're playing a game, you should just be playing a game and having fun, not discussing rules. Like like do do you ever play a board game and go, Let's spend three hours reading the instructions? <laughs> like <laughs> nope. I don't. Nope. But so yeah, there needs to be this understanding of um, this respect for DM with rules.
1: Yeah. And so we also have, there. this can take the form of um, disrespecting the story that the mm-hmm. DM has come up with because we as DMs put in a lot of time into, I mean, regardless if you're doing it out of a book or if you're doing it out of, you know, your your mind, yeah. you're putting a lot of time and preparation into this. And when somebody says at the table or talks with somebody else about, well, I didn't like this, like, and you may not like something that happens, like, I'm sure there have been things that I didn't yeah. like that you've done or whatever, but when you start. So many. Yeah. Shit. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, but when but when it gets to the point where you're like, uh, you know, I hated the fact that you did this, and you start saying that at the table, or you start hating everything, or, like, being nitpicky and starting to say, like, I would have changed this, I would have changed that, um, I hated this character, you know, like, that can be an issue, and that's a little bit disheartening to a DM just in general. That That doesn't sit well, you know? Um, and
0: sometimes, and honestly, sometimes as a DM... I want to make a character, a player, and a character hate something that I do. Yeah. Like, but, like, that's the thing. It needs to, like, it needs to be, like, a healthy, like, you need to respect the story. You need to respect the person that's doing the most work should, and 95% of the time, is the dungeon master. Yeah. They are putting together the story. So people need to respect the fact that they, even though you and me love DMing, it is work. It's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah, I spend hours yeah. working I on too. this stuff, and I know that there's hours that I spend doing stuff that I'm like, I don't need to do this yeah. to like yeah. DM, but I enjoy it. But it's like I do spend work, and so there is this. There needs to be respect yep. for the story, even if you don't like parts of it. Yeah. Um, another thing that we've uh, we we talked about is uh, consistency, and when we're talking about consistently consistency, we're talking about a player. Um, needs to be committed to the game at hand. Um, we've had uh, players in the past where it's like, we've, for more than half the campaign, th- I can't be there this week, I can't be there this week. And it's like, okay, life happens. We get that. Yeah. But I think as players, when before you even start the campaign, you need to figure out who can commit. And as a DM, I think... I think that it's your right to be a little upset when a player doesn't show up on a very consistent basis. Yeah. We all have times that we can't be there. Yep. That happens. Yep. And there needs to be understanding that your players probably can't make it every single time. But when they come to the table and they go, I don't what's happened in the story in the past yeah. seven times we met because yeah. I've been here. It's like, that's that's a little annoying as a DM to be like, dude, like you don't even care about my story. Yeah. You don't care about this game because you're not here. Yeah. So as a as a player, like I think players need to respect the fact that like you as a DM are putting work into it and need to respect it's a commitment. It's a commitment to the game.
1: Yep. Yep. And so then we also have another form that this can take um, that I don't know if we've we may have dealt with a little bit, but not like to the extreme amount, um, Is people can. Uh, share their dislike for something that you've done or for you um, by bringing it up behind your back without you knowing about it. Um, and so I think for us as DMs, it's important to have a culture where people can share feedback and share feedback uh, feeling safe enough to do it, that you have enough respect for them to, to, to say, I, you know, I, I value your opinion. Um, but when it gets to the point where they're just speaking behind your back and it's starting to spread between the rest of the members, uh, it, it comes to a point where you have to address that as the DM for the sake of your campaign. So people have fun and you're having fun and you're not trying to, you know, put out all of these, these fires all the time. Um, do you have anything you want to add to that part? Oh yeah.
0: Let's move on to disrespect for another player.
1: Yeah. So we've talked about player
0: versus character knowledge in the past, um, how that's important basically separating the knowledge that you have as a player from the knowledge you have as a character. Yep. Now I am a firm believer and I think you are too that conflict in game between characters can be great. Yeah, I mean like it can look be. at look at all the like best like stories of like fantasy stories like there like look at Boromir and like him with the rest of the Fellowship and, like, Lord of the Rings. Like, that conflict, like... Or even Legolas is,
1: and Gimli at the beginning. Yeah,
0: like, it turns it turns into a great thing. Like, yeah. you have this conflict in group that turns into a good thing. And that's the thing. I feel like conflict in the game can be good as long as you as players are working towards a good... That's why, it's in, good ev-
1: that's why it's in every single movie, every single book you read. Yeah. There's always conflict like, like
0: that. I honestly, I think that a group that always goes, uh, shh. Do you guys want to do this? Me, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. It's like oh, everybody's agreeing at the same time. Like it's like I guess that that can be that you know that can be great in the D and yeah. D campaign. Because it's like you don't have you don't have conflict. Like that's fine. But it can be good to have to have discussions, to have like arguments, as long as it's like everybody still remembers we're yep. here to have fun and to work together. Yep. Um, so I think there needs to be this the separation of conflict between characters don't let it seep back into players don't let it leave the table and that's something we've said in the past don't let it leave the table let it be yeah. in character thing should be
1: able to distinguish between the two yeah like yeah. you
0: need to be mature enough to be like hey i appre- like i've had conflicts with other characters and like me and the Player at the table are like smiling at each other, being like, "Dude, that was so cool." Yeah, that we, that we hate each other right now because it's like it can. be Well, we've had great that in past campaigns. Yeah, we've had yeah. that. Like, we had that one campaign where I was I was the character that wanted I was a Civic Draconian yeah. that wanted to eat you and your brother Gnome, yeah. and you guys were planning to kill me in the yeah. middle of the night. Yeah, it was amazingly fun. Yeah, but there needs to be this like, it's we this understanding. Of, we're not really gonna do it. It's just a fun. We've had a
1: lot of conflict between players, too, because I was thinking about another one we did where... I was a dwarf, between and you stole my yeah. Between yeah. our characters, where you stole my pendant of my mother, who uh, had gotten killed.
0: But we, at the same time, we were we were mature enough to realize this is in game, and this is making it fun. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. as a
1: character, I was pissed. Yeah. As, <laughs> as a so player,
0: like I, I remember like as a player like leaving a game, and like I was the evil character in a group, and we've talked about this and this well. Yeah. But like I, I remember standing up from the table, and everybody like shaking my hand, being like, "Dude, that was fun. Yeah, well, that, that was awesome." awesome. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's, that's that's where conflict can be fun. It can't leave, it can't leave the fantasy story and go into, now this player and this player hate each And so other.
1: sometimes that can be players and characters, like, you have conflict and disrespect from one player who's like, I can't not take this out of the game. Yeah. Uh, and so you'll have to address that. You'll have to talk with them about, hey, you need to be, you know, mature about this and say, hey, look, you know leave it at the table, you know, what what happened there stays there, and and this can take even, various different forms. Even, like, like,
0: the DM, like, I think sometimes needs to realize, maybe my group can't handle that. Yeah. Maybe my group can't do the, the group, like, the character conflict, and might need to just be like, you know what, I can't, because I, as a DM, have put in things before that I'm like, I want this to be a source of conflict, yep. and I've known, if I put this in the game, it'll be a source of conflict between the characters. Sometimes you just have to realize. All right, my players—they can't handle it. Yep. They need to just be the hunky dory group that just gets along because they can't leave it at the
1: table. Yeah. So. Yep, and that can look. I mean, one thing we we talked about a little bit ago was. Not in the podcast, but outside of the podcast, is you could not care about somebody's life. Somebody's dying in game, yeah, in game, <laughs> hopefully yeah. yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, even if you hate somebody, you still care about their life in real life.
0: Uh, I'm dying. I need my epipen. <laughs> nope,
1: nope. Sorry. Remember that time you did something for me in D D that I didn't like? Yeah, screw you. Uh, no, I mean you could. You it could look like you know a character gets down and they're getting close and they're bleeding out. Yeah. And you can visibly see it, and you're just like, Gonna huh? What? Still hack away yeah. at these orcs? Yeah. Him. Yep.
0: And it's again, like trying to say this then person. You're, then you're the other player who's, you're like, I love this character. You start healing. It's like,
1: well, and it, I mean, there could be situations where it's like, I really like this person, but I have ten orcs around me, and there's really nothing I can yeah. do about it. But there, there's a time there where there's like, times where it's like yeah, there's like, my friends right could take the other two orcs that are there. But no, I'm just going to kill them and wait two more yeah. rounds, and my friend end up, ends up dying. Uh, and then I say. I couldn't do anything about it. I had orcs around me. Yep. It's like well you you could have done Unfortunately, something about it. Unfortunately we've
0: seen situations like that yeah. where there have been three characters up, full health, just demolishing the enemies and one character got like critted, they're bleeding out, and like it's like as a DM you're sitting there and you're like you're like guys like look- what are you doing? Like, he's dying. You know he's dying. Like, somebody bite the freaking bullet. Don't kill that next orc and turn around and heal. Yeah. And, like, you watch as they don't do it. It's like, that's not where you need it to be. That needs to not happen. Because you're not just disrespecting the character then, but you're also disrespecting the player as a person. Yep. Can't happen. Yep, can't happen. So, another thing that we talked about was, like, kind of going along with this is, like, this idea of separating character and player knowledge is, like, revenge between Characters turning into revenge between players. Yep. Um, I've been in campaigns where um, a pl- a character will steal something from another character, um, and that that player knows it. <laughs> knows you stole it from him. So, a couple hours down the line, that, char- that character who had something stolen does something really mean to that other character. Oh, how, why are you doing it to him now? No reason. It's like... No, you can tell. There's this back and forth of your character is this to me, even though my player knows that my character doesn't, I'm gonna just back and forth and attack each other and like just keep doing worse and worse and it's yeah. revenge, 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 revenge keeps getting worse, and then all of a sudden you see you see um Bob and Jim glaring at each other from across the table because it's no longer a in-game experience. Yeah, and you can cut it's the a, tension with
1: a knife. Yeah, it's yeah. an
0: out-of-game I I hate you yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. I want to like, I want to like kill your character. And yeah, like you said, you can cut the tension with the knife, and it's felt in the whole table. Yeah, the DM feels it. The other players feel it. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: yep. And so that can, I mean, once again, we talked about this with the the DM portion, but people will talk behind each other's backs, and making sure that you are aware of that, or however that's going to look. Making sure you take care of that outside of of somebody finding out that somebody said something about each other like make sure you take care of that outside of the game yeah stomp it out Yep. so moving on
0: disrespect for um, for the group as a whole Uh, so to begin with that um, we start we talked about this a lot last time so we won't go into too much detail but um, disrespecting the group I think the biggest thing that this comes into play is a player who has a very selfish attitude towards the game um they are concerned about their character and their character only they're not c- concerned about becoming a part of this group but they're concerned about how does my character do all the cool things yeah. i want the glory how do i for benefit everyone. the a most glory, a glory hog like yeah. like i want the kills i want like i want the king to like be like dude you did the best yeah. like just like we said like individual focused not, not group focused, focus. yeah. So, we talked a lot about that last time. We won't go too into depth with that, but yep. yeah, that's so, that can be a big
1: problem, yeah. And so, with, with that, there can also be things that they may want the DM to cater to them, yeah. Um, whether it's somebody that isn't doing so well, I'm just like, come on, man, you got to do a whole bunch of stuff so that I start having you know a ton of fun, or, or whatever it could be, you know, like make my character awesome, or it could be the person that's like hey, I'm a freaking strong warrior. Put a ton of people in here because I want to kill a whole bunch of people, yep. you know? Well, even, um, like,
0: I think a huge part that that can play into is, like, a a player that wants to have more time, you focusing on them. Yeah. Um, one of our players recently... Oh gosh, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> um, the, the Druid stuff, like... He wants to make he one of his personal goals is I want to have druid groves all over this oh, country. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't think he thought of it this way, but it's like there was a lot of time that we'd spend like just focusing on like he's making his grove, he's warping wood, and it was so it was just boring for everybody else. I don't know if I was there for that week. Maybe you weren't there for Yeah, that I don't week. think I was there but, for that like, week. But like I basically told him like after I was I'm like, dude, I can't focus on you. Making your groves all the time. Yeah. We'll, we can talk about this outside a game and say you did this, do this. But it's like we can't. Like, yeah. like it's not fun for everybody else watching you spend. Like, you can't. You can't expect the group to reach a town and go. All right, we're gonna stay here for two weeks while I work on my druids grove Like, yeah. no, nobody. Well, why would they yeah. want to do that? You're yeah. part of this group.
1: And you it, gotta move. Yeah, there. it <laughs> may not. It may not have been him, like specifically, or I anybody might do it specifically. I, you know, yeah. Yeah. it may just and be I like, look, you have to realize. Him, I don't
0: think it was. Um, yeah. No, no, I don't. No. I don't either.
1: But I, I, I think there can be times where you do that too much and it is a sign of yeah. disrespect. It's like, hey, we have other people that want to do things too, you know. Um, and that's that's part of the reason why when I did uh, the Riders of Shemesh, that I got them involved in it. I was yeah. like, that could have been yeah. something that was very selfish of like me to do. Almost like
0: side quest in your mind for what you wanted,
1: yeah. but you want to
0: bring these guys along yeah. with you.
1: Yeah, So, I, yeah, yeah, I think that can DM catering can be...
0: And I think that that's something, going back to the disrespecting DM, and we talked about that, like, as a DM, and this is a podcast specifically focused on DMing, yep. um, realize that that's something that you need to work hard at as a DM. Um, there are going to be times where your players individually want their characters to go do stuff. Realize that if you spend three hours with one player, the other player's going to leave. Yeah, like, You need to... Leave okay or to, mentally check yeah, out for the It's night, okay yeah. to be... It's okay to do individual stuff, but you need to. You need, even if you every player is doing individual stuff, I found that it's good to not complete the quest, the individual quest uh, that that the one player is doing, but go okay, five minutes with you, five minutes with you, five minutes with you, five minutes with you, going back to the other yeah. one, five minutes. With, it's like that. That's better than the alternative. You need to well, divvy out the time. And, Just, and
1: what we yeah. said to what we've said in both of our campaigns is, hey, if you want to do something that's going to take a little bit of time, like say, talk hey. to us. <laughs>
0: Hey! <laughs> uh, I don't know if I did it. I may have.
1: Hello, governor. No, uh, no. So we could. I mean, just say, hey, I. You know, whether it's a text message or a phone call, or you sit down when we're hanging out outside of D and D, where you just say, hey, this is what I want to do. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this because this yeah. this could take three hours, yeah. but we don't want to spend that three hours on a D and D night. Yeah. You know. Exactly. So.
0: So another thing that we talked about already, um, but I think this really goes well with the group disrespect. It can hurt a group. Is- Consistency. Yeah. Once again, being committed to the campaign. Um, hey, there's a locked door. Well, our thief have, hasn't been here for three weeks. So, yeah. what are we gonna do? Like, guess we gotta hire another thief. It's and it's just it's just like, well, he's why like, what we share XP in my campaign. Cool. I, I think we're doing that in your yeah. campaign too, yeah. so that every single person has the same amount of XP. Um, now, that's not how most people DM, but we've found that that is the way that a game stays balanced. It helps from people we getting like overpowered that. and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. And one of the main things with that is we need players to be consistent because it is frustrating if player A doesn't show up for three weeks and has the same amount of XP. Like you, want, you want to be able to look at your group and go, I know everybody here is committed. You need players that are like that. Yep. So yep. once again reiterating that when it's disrespect for a group, players need to realize it's not an individual game. Yeah. That's a that's called a video game. Yeah. D&D, Skyrim. yeah. D&D <laughs> is a team game. Yep.
1: So, and um, so with that, we're going to talk about what it looks like to disrespect the game yes, as disrespecting well. Disrespecting a game. So this can take many forms disrespecting the game, and one thing that we talked about was um, when we talked about this a little bit before was disrespecting rules that we have set up. Um, and that can be, you know, you, you know a heck of a lot more than we do about the game, or somebody in your game knows way more about the game than, than what you do. Um, and being that rule Nazi, there's probably a reason that we don't use a rule or might use a rule to enhance the experience of the game. And contradicting what the DM says or or whatever that can look like can be... Uh, a bad thing for the game. It can yeah, hurt the game. When we talk it can...
0: about game, like there's two things I think we need to distinguish. Like When we talk about game, uh, yes, you should respect the game of Dungeons & Dragons as it is written in the rule books. However, I think what trumps that is the game you're playing at the table. Yeah. It's going to be a little different. It always will be. But you need to respect that game over <laughs> Yeah, the books, the written word, yeah. like, not the Bible. so if we, yeah. If I guess we have, it is for DMs, Yeah, but, but, yeah like, but if you, you
1: have house game? rules or something like that and being like, well, that's yeah. not how the game works and yeah. you do that for every single one, uh, that can be annoying for the DM, yes. It can also be annoying for the other people at the table who they may feel like, wow, this guy knows a lot. We know nothing about this game. Yeah. Uh, or it could be, you know, we... Um, we don't want to play with this guy because he knows so much, you know. So, you know, if somebody does have an issue with the rules, it may be something that you have to address and say, look, I know you know a lot about this. There's a reason we're doing it this way. Um, It's fine to talk about it in a game most times, but, you know, like we said earlier, the way that we kind of handle this is if... If somebody has an issue with a rule, if it's going to take more than you know a two or three Five minute conversation, minutes, it's like if somebody has to be like, I think it's this way, and we like have to like stop in the middle of combat or whatever to try and figure it out. It's like, look, you might not be doing this to be a jerk. You might be doing this to be a jerk, but we'll address this after we're done <laughs> playing. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of what I I was thinking about when we talked about rules. Yeah.
0: Another thing is this idea of breaking the game. Yeah. Um, and there are. There are people out there who specifically look and play D&D with the intent of, I want to break the game. I want to break the DM's game. And here's the thing. With those rules, if you play strictly by the rules of the books that are written, it's there are ways... You can search online and you can find plenty of ways that you can break yep. the game. Because it's not flawless. There's flaws in it. Now... Here's the thing, if you have a DM, if you are a DM that go, you know what, I want to play exactly by the rules, and if a player can break the game that way, that's up to you, go for it. <laughs> like you know, Because there's plenty of ways, uh, if you haven't heard of the um, 10 foot pole, like buying ladders because they're cheaper than 10 foot foot poles, breaking them apart into 2 10-foot poles and selling them off and making that into a whole entire factory of breaking yeah. apart ladders and becoming rich off of it. Like, there are ways, there's an urban legend about um, this guy who came to a game with a character that he already had played with and he had this potion that um, if you drank it, there was a 1% chance, you rolled a percentile roll, a 1% chance, it turns you into a dragon. And so, like, he came in with uh, this group of players and said, I have this potion, like, DM okayed it. While well, he drank this potion at the beginning of the start of the night, guess what he rolled? He got that 1%. Yeah, yeah. He turned into a dragon. He flew across the entire map that the DM had planned, picked up the item they needed, flew back, turned back into a human or whatever he was, and that was the game. And the DM was just like, Thanks, douchebag. Okay? <laughs> like, and that's the thing. Like, there are ways
1: to break the game. It's, you can it, yeah I it mean, can you can use feats to you make need, yourself stronger. Yeah, I mean, you
0: need to have players that respect your story in the game, and I think it's fine for the DM to go, like, hey, hats off to you for figuring that out. I'm not going to let it work. Yeah, like yeah. Unless you really want to have a game where it stops in the middle of the game because the game's been broken. We've played games that have broken for different reasons. It's not fun. It's yeah. fun to finish a game. It's yep. Fun to finish a story. Yep. Um, have players that respect that, and have players that aren't looking. Yeah, to break the game. Yeah. I think I've. I think I've actually said to our group before. It's like, hey guys, I love you, uh, but just so you know, if I figure out that you're trying to break this game, uh, I'm gonna be super pissed yeah. at you. Yeah. All right, moving on. Let's have fun yeah. again. Well, like, yeah.
1: <laughs> You know, well, there's a reason that, like, for example, you did in your campaign. Now you can only use feats from the book.
0: Yeah. Because we've had issues yeah. with balance. Yeah. And that's not something that we I want to stick to forever. Yeah. Like, I like creativity. But anyway, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at with uh, the four ways that you can disrespect and you can um, be a problem player. You can have a problem player. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about ways that we um, have handled this in the past. Sure. Um, ideas. handle this and yeah let's discuss yeah we've kind of thrown
1: a couple in already throughout the podcast but i think the i think the biggest thing is um make sure that you set at the beginning of the the campaign your expectations and your rules um that's what we both did this time when we started our campaigns it's like you know we may not have said this in the past ones these are some issues that we've had we just want to get rid of them before they even start um and so we 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 might set specific races that you can do because yeah. you, you can look up online and there's races that have all sorts of crazy nonsense that you can do with them. And you might, you might say like what you did in your campaign is you're like, hey, here's these like 12 races that you can be uh, and here's what they do. And so you, you, you set that standard right away. Or you can say, you know, I have to okay the race that you're going to be or we can work on adjusting it so that it's the way that it's, it's okay for the game to be because um, once you just open up, say, Hey, do whatever the heck you want, I don't have any expectations people are going to take advantage of that. I think it's um, good
0: to be as the DM and as the players to be upright and honest about expectations of the game and when problem and speaking about like problems of like you know that players or the players to the DM start to have between each other, like we said before, like it needs to be stopped out right away. Yeah. Like in in a good way, like And here's the thing, most people, I'm assuming most people like listening to this would agree with this, the people you play with in D&D are usually your friends. And if they aren't your friends when they first start playing, like, hopefully you're getting together, you're playing a game, they become your friends. And there needs to be this realization that it is, in the end, it's a game, and don't let that game ruin your friendships. Like, you need to be honest if something's a problem, you need to talk to people, and you need to, like, you need to, like... tell people if they are causing problems and yeah. talk about it in a mature way. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, not everybody is mature enough to be able to do that. And I think the extreme, extreme solution sometimes will be, hey, dude, you, you can't play yeah. with us anymore. Yeah, but I think okay that needs to be that last resort because hopefully these people are your friends. Most but especially times there's if not, there's bullying, yeah. if there's stuff like that, and it's not coming across to that person, if if this is a player that constantly is trying to break your game, like it's it's going to end in a broken friendship yeah. if you let it continue. There, at the extreme situation, somebody needs to stop playing. Yeah,
1: and most times I would say that's not going to happen. Yeah, if um, you
0: do it, in, if you handle it think, in a mature yeah. way,
1: if you like work together, it shouldn't happen. Yeah, and sometimes I think. Like, with some of the things we talked about, um, people might not even know. Like, with the rules, for example, people might not even know that they're being disrespectful. Yeah. Um,
0: it's, and that's the thing. It isn't, for some people, a disrespect yeah. yeah, But... It could be perceived yeah. as that. And or if it, you have a group that's okay with it, that's fine. But one thing I've noticed is, is, like, people... Like, one thing, like we said, is as a DM, you need to, like look at everybody playing yeah and it's like if one person is okay with talking about it for an hour in one rule I've noticed players at the table and, uh, and you and me are both those players we don't want to sit there and talk about it yeah. for an hour. Figure out what the rules, do it quick, we'll talk about it later, yeah.
1: let's play the game. That's part of the reason you why... You need to I... realize
0: that people in the game don't want to do that.
1: Yeah, that's part of the reason why we did a lot of mounted combat mm-hmm. this past time. And We looked it up like for like 30, 40 minutes before everybody yeah. got here. We were like, we want to know this. this before yeah. we play this game. Because do- we, we, we were going to get mounts and stuff like yeah. that, and it's probably going to happen. We're going to use mounted combat. So we were looking it up, you know, what what are the rules for it. And so we had a pretty good idea of what it was before everybody came, so we can say, hey... This is what's going to happen. Um, we can talk about it a little bit later if you know more about Monkai, ca- but this is a pretty good understanding it. It's a good thing it.
0: to learn it together. Yeah. like yep. Then you all kind of come to an understanding. And yep. if you're playing 3, 3, 3.5, like any really D&D... 4, the, you don't have to worry about <laughs> it. One of the problems with D&D is that it can be so complex that sometimes... The rules really aren't explained that well, yeah. and so you might you might need to, as a group, say, "What do we think this is saying?" And you need to, as a group, determine that. Yeah. So that's you know that's something that needs to be um, established: um, yep. a respect for each other, a, a honesty to each other, um, expectations. I think one thing that we've done in the past that can be really helpful is we've done surveys. individual surveys. I think that's great. Before you start a campaign, maybe as you're ending a campaign, shoot out a survey. Create a survey as a DM uh, for each of your players. Shoot them out to each player through Facebook, whatever. Have the questions. Ask, what did you like in this previous campaign? What are you looking for in the next campaign? Were there any issues you had with anybody at the table? What were they? How do you want that to be fixed? And we've done in the past, and it's really brought to light a lot of issues we've had and let us work through them. Yep. And it can be great for you as the DM to be like, what are my players looking for in a game? Um, now, as the DM, I think you need to have creative control of your story, and you shouldn't cater completely
1: to what your players want to do. Yeah, Personally, that's what I feel. Um, you can get a pretty good idea of what yeah. people are either thinking is a problem. If, if everybody has on there, this is a problem for us, it's probably a problem. Probably a problem, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it's pro. And so you can
0: you before you start that campaign, you might be able to like get rid of that problem as best as you can. Yeah. With a simple survey, yep. Um, just tell people we won't share like whatever. Like if you don't want it to, we won't share that you said this in the survey or whatever. But it can be a great. It's just can be a great thing. I think that's a great um, thing. Yeah. Um, house rules. Uh, I think it's good to establish what the house rules are. Yep. To talk about them as a group. Um, you as a DM, you do, I think, sometimes have the right to say, even if the majority doesn't like this, we're doing it. Um, I think that if we put it to a vote, um, the X ex- shared XP might not be passed as a house rule with our group. Might not be. But that's that's yeah. one thing that I and you have said, I don't care if the rest of the players like this, because there is this understanding when you run a game that you're like, even if the players don't like this, in the end, it's better for them. Yeah. Because if we reach a point where the game is unbalanced, and we can't play it anymore. That means we can't play well, it. Because
1: there may be somebody that wants to play a character that's not combat oriented, where yeah. you get all of your XP from, yep. you know, and they want to do more story stuff or whatever. Um, and the warrior is going to become the level ten, and they're going to be stuck at level three because yep. they don't they don't kill things, you know. So I, there has to be some sort of respect. For example, with the shared XP. There has to be some sort of respect for that. Um, so,
0: we um, we have a rule, or at least I've established this rule um, with characters that you can't, with a character, just simply walk away from the group. Right. Um, I've I've noticed through the time playing D anD D that it's like if characters have an issue with each other and they start fighting each other and it turn it seeps through the, the game into the the players like having issue with each other. There's this there's this standby that players resort to that they say, my character begins to walk away in the dungeon and start going further into the dungeon by himself. Yep. That Kicks me off so much as as a DM because I'm like instead of working it out, you leave the rest of the group with the option of we either do what you want and follow you, or we let you go ahead, take yeah. treasure, die, whatever happens. And so what usually happens is uh, I follow him through the dungeon. Yeah, I follow him too. Yeah, yeah I fo- and it's like instead of actually figuring out a solution, it's just I'm going to be a douche and walk away, and yeah. you have no real. Saying this, you have to follow me. Um, Figure out what you're going to do. I've I've said, and we've I've kind of created this house rule that if you do that, um, I'm going to let you do it, and I'm going to say, all right, you head out, you head out, uh, you start crossing, you go, you're going back to town. Unfortunately, town's three hours from here, so uh, have fun sitting there <laughs> for fun, the next three yeah. hours while your group. Wants to do the other things right. like I'm not going to give you an adventure. Yeah, we're if not. You gonna... walk away. You're going to be walking away and just walking. I'm just going to so, let you walk. That's the
1: catering thing that we yeah. talked about. I will not.
0: I will not like appease that. And I've said that to everybody as a group. I'm like, listen, if there's an issue, you need to figure it out. We right. talk through it as yep. characters, and it can't be. You know, it can't be seeping through. Figure it out so that there isn't this walking away. Yep. Don't don't walk away from the group. That's kind of a house rule that we have one last thing that I would say because this is a podcast focused on the Dungeon master is here's one solution that in my opinion is never the right solution. If you have a problem player at the table driving you or somebody else crazy, don't kill his character <laughs>
1: as a solution. We joke about that in the very intro yeah. to the show I'll,
0: but like I'll be honest I've had moments as the DM where I'm like I want. I wanna drop a rock on his character, like because his character <laughs> yeah. is a jerk. No, don't do that. Talk about it with them, discuss with them. Players will pick up if you're killing characters on purpose. Yeah. And then you will have lost all your respect yep. as a DM. Never do that yep. as a solution.
1: Yep. So I think one thing to reiterate as we finish out the meat portion of this episode is We have to remember that this is a friendly game. We have to remember that we are here to play as friends. We're here to grow our relationships as friends through playing this game. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. Uh, At times, it it cannot be fun, like we've just talked about with with problem players and stuff like that. But kicking your friends out of this group has to be a last resort. Try and do everything you can before it gets to that point to make sure that you can have fun with groups... Have fun with your friends and make sure that you can just have a long campaign that you guys look back on and say that was a ton of fun. You remember when you did this? You Remember when you did this? You Remember when you did this? You remember when I did this? You yeah. know, like it, that's what the, that's what it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about hanging out with friends, having fun, creating memories. Creating memories. Yeah, yep. It's a great game. It should
0: be that. Yeah, Yeah. Do yep. so you have anything else you want to? No. Wanna share? Let's uh, move on to light bulb. Light
1: bulb. Light bulb. So, Mitch, you've been doing a lot for our light bulb moment this week, uh, dealing with tiles, D and D tiles, and you wanna you wanna share a little bit about what you've uh, been doing.
0: Um, ever since we started playing D and D, um, I've always been trying to add to the miniature like look, and like right. I have a ton of miniatures, and so we have a like, poster board that we've, like, spray-painted and made look Couple gray of for, ones. like, for, gray for dungeon, um, blue for water, green, green for, for grass, grass yeah, uh, by, and we, like, used permanent marker and made squares, um, well, I wanted to, like, like, I know they have dungeon tiles out there that just like everything else that's D&D, especially 3.5 stuff, it's really expensive, so you buy these, like, books, and they're like, $15 each, well, that adds up after a while, and you pop out the dungeon tiles, yep. and you like place them down. I really wanted them, but I didn't want to spend the money, um, and so I Well, found, we both don't have the money yeah, to spend. Don't out. Have yeah, we the money to spend. So we, uh, I've found, like, printable versions of dungeon tiles online. I've printed them out, I've gone to the dollar store across the street, I've got tons of foam board, and I've just been cutting the foam board out with a um, razor knife, and um, gluing the dungeon tiles on some of them I've uh, put layers on so they're a little bit 3d yep um, and it looks great they're so sweet. now for yeah. like whenever your we're own going horn to there. dungeons yeah whenever we go into dungeons we can um, like I can set up these dungeons and place it and just looks great yeah, you have like different finishes. hallways and rooms yeah. and not stuff only like is it like make it look great but I found that it's actually really cool for like prepping for D and d because I can just set up a dungeon beforehand take a picture of it and then I've got, like, my dungeon map yep. already made up, and then I know what pieces, I put the pieces I'm using aside, and I'll make the dungeon as you guys walk through it.
1: Yep. Um, we don't have to do this weird yeah. makeshift nonsense so anymore. instead
0: of paying for dungeon tiles, and possibly getting a book where it's like, I like half of these and I don't care about half of these, like, you print out the ones you want, you make them, the foam board was, like, cheap as heck, it's from a dollar yeah. store, Yeah, um, and i have I've got like hundreds of dungeon tiles. I have probably spent like twenty bucks on foam board, and I've spent and I've I've made a lot of dungeon tiles. We'll post, you have a whole box, <laughs> yeah. We'll, and I'm still working on them, and I'll we'll post pictures of kind of what it looks like. We'll make a couple of dun- makeshift. Yeah, dungeons. We'll put them on the on the website. Yeah, we'll put them on the website, but just an easy way to just print these things out. You don't need to spend the money. Yeah, you can go on Google. You can search D and D tiles and find a lot of stuff. Um, But yeah, we'll post some of those. It's just awesome. Um, It adds another element uh, to make uh, your... It'll get your players excited when you pull out tiles and start throwing them down. It's sweet. Yep.
1: Light bulb. So I think that's about going to wrap us up for this week. Um, We just want to say thanks again for joining us. We... We have a really fun episode planned for next time, uh, and we want you guys to be a part of it in some way, shape, or form. And so um, we're going to be talking about creativity and the way that, that we go through the creative process of creating a night, creating a campaign, stuff like that. Uh, so we'll, we'll give you some ideas of where we get ideas, from where we look, how we process those things. Uh, as well as we'll, we'll work on giving you guys some ideas to possibly um, either start an adventure with, plan a night around, um, whatever whatever you can come up with out of those adventures. Uh, and those ideas, and, and we want you to be a part of this. And so if you have any ideas that you want us to elaborate on or any ideas that you've had that you want us to share, uh, send those, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, send those to dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. I'll have the link in the the podcast episode uh, on iTunes and on the website. Um, and so just send us in your ideas. We'll we'll be happy to share them. Um, yeah, we're we're really excited for the next episode.
0: Well, that's it for today. Uh, Just thank you once again for joining us on the Dungeon Master's Block, uh, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of a playing god. Killing characters. And lowering the egos of people at the table. Yeah.
1: May the Schwartz be with you. Goodbye.